Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 22, Procrastination, part 3. Hello, smart human, and welcome to part three, the final installment, for now anyway, of this long series on procrastination. In the first two parts, I looked at what procrastination is, why smart people are more susceptible to it, what causes it, and how you can tackle the thoughts and feelings that trigger it. If you haven't checked out those earlier episodes yet, I highly recommend that you do so first because everything I share in this episode will then make much more sense. But that said, I know you're a smart human, so you probably will do pretty much whatever you want. I would too. Now, you know after the last episode that two strategies to combat procrastination are first and foremost, sitting with the procrastination-causing feelings rather than trying to get away from them. Right? Just staying put and feeling those sucky feelings. And the second one is looking at the underlying thoughts that are causing them and modifying them. So you have less sucky feelings to sit with. So good. But since procrastination is pretty much boss level in gaming terms, we want to have more of our sleeves when we tackle it. And in this episode, I will share a myriad of ways to undermine, disarm and defeat the procrastination beast. And there is lots of them. So for this episode, you want to download the transcript, which you'll find on my website, coachkramer.org. And what I'm sharing today, the tricks and tips fall into two broad categories, environmental and behavioral. I'll start with the environmental strategies because they're the most straightforward. This is kind of the low-hanging fruit in our procrastination battle. As we discussed in the last episode, procrastination arises from the desire to avoid sucky feelings and knowing that a great additional strategy can be to simply make it harder to get away from those feelings. And you may be like, oh my god, <laughs> I don't want to um, be stuck with those feelings. But that's exactly what will make it easier to not procrastinate. And eliminating distractions will help you do that. It will make it much easier to just stay put and get things done. And in my research on this topic, I learned a very fun new word. I'm trying to pronounce it properly. Pro procrastinogenic. There you go. <laughs> Which means kind of favoring procrastination, right? Making you prone to procrastinate. And a lot of us work in procrastinogenic environments, open offices, messy desks, constant notifications on our phones or other devices. If you eliminate as many of these as you can, you will have made it a lot easier for yourself to get things done. Switch your phone to airplane mode, use apps that cut you off from the internet. There are many, both for mobile and desktop. Or go to work in a place with fewer distractions than in your regular office, for example, a cafe or a co-working space. 
this will make it much easier to catch that urge to distract yourself because you'll actually have to, you know, kind of pick up your phone or move away from your desk and to not give in to it. And if you feel like you need an extra boost, then you can also use mood hacks to get you in the right mindset, like playing a power music playlist. I love <laughs> You Better Get to Work, Bitch, Brittany. Thank you. <laughs> or moving your body for a couple of minutes before you start working on a project. You can even try just shaking it out, jumping up and down. Whatever resets your mood and gets you ready. So set yourself up for success by creating an environment that eliminates distractions. Just make sure you don't use this as another procrastination tactic by deciding that you need to reorganize your office first before you can get started on your presentation. No, 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 no. <laughs> and there are hundreds of additional very practical tips out there. Google is your friend here, but just don't get sucked into a rabbit hole. Okay. So that's your environment covered. The other category is your behavior when you're tackling a task that you want to procrastinate on. And here we have seven, no less, seven behavioral strategies. The first one is task triage. I want you to take a hard look at the task or tasks you've been procrastinating on. Is it essential that you do them? Do they play to your strengths or are you actually much better off delegating them? I love, for example, to outsource grocery shopping, cleaning and admin in any way I possibly can. These things are not my forte and the less I have to do with them, the better for everyone involved. So can you outsource anything, right? Delegate it. Second, I want you to check if any of your tasks are unclear, unstructured or otherwise ambiguous. If so, don't even get started until you've clarified them and made them super specific. And you can refer to the podcast episodes on goal setting if you want more in-depth info on this. Now third, and this is important, ask yourself if your task is a should instead of a want. And if that is the case you have a decision to make. If you really don't want to do it and you can live with the consequences, simply scrap it. We put so much on our to-do list that we don't really want to do and that isn't essential. Just scrap it. You'll feel so much better. And I use a kind of guideline if something's been on my to-do list for longer than 10 days. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do it, am I? Right, unless I can motivate, motivate myself with a massive penalty or something. More about that later. If you can't scrap it or don't want to scrap it, remind yourself that even though you may not like the doing, you do want to get it done. So redecide and commit. And this quick task triage will leave, leave you with a list that is much more robust when it comes to procrastination. We'll actually have things on it that are clear that you're motivated to do, which, you know, all the little things help. Number two is minding how you treat yourself before, during and after the work you do. And this is massively important and incredibly fruitful. You really want to get better at self-compassion. And listen, this is not just with regards to procrastination. 
<laughs> negative self-talk just is a killer. It undermines your self-confidence, all the things. So really invest in getting better at positive self-talk. Most of us actually have a habit of negative self-talk and this really exacerbates procrastination. Maybe you want to start work on a task you've been putting off for a long time and you start by calling yourself stupid, lazy, I can't believe I haven't done this yet, God, I'm so useless, etc, etc. You're basically ment mentally trying to kick yourself into submission and this will only make you feel awful, which then makes it even harder to get started. It's completely counterproductive. You may also be judging yourself for procrastinating or even wanting to procrastinate. Again, this only creates more unpleasant feelings, which your brain will then want to help you avoid through, you got it, procrastination. So practice self-compassion and positive self-talk instead. Observe your thoughts and feelings, notice them without judging them, and then Say something like, of course this is happening. Of course I have these thoughts. I am a human with a human brain. And carry on with what you were doing without getting sucked into a cycle of self-hatred. It can also be really helpful to talk to yourself as if you were a small child, right? Or a dear friend. It will make you much less mean. And another behavioral hack that is very useful is not to allow any self-criticism whilst you're creating. Because so many times when you're creating something like an article, presentation, social media post, new chapter for your novel, whatever it is, your inner critic will rear its ugly head. It will start running a very unfriendly commentary that slows you down and may even stop you. And the solution to this is to not give it any airtime. When your inner critic comes up, simply say something like, hey, <laughs> thank you for your input, but I look forward to hearing all your feedback after this first draft is done, or whatever you're working on. Also, when it comes to positive self-talk, don't forget the power of positive reinforcement. Whenever you manage to stop procrastinating and actually get stuff done, celebrate the hell out of it. And for more info on why this is amazing for your mental health, check out podcast episode 9. If you do this regularly, you will create a feedback loop in your brain that will actually almost make it look forward to doing hard things and then feeling great afterwards instead of creating a negative reinforcement cycle. Strategy number three is using your emotions as a lever. We know unwanted emotions cause us to procrastinate. Well, what if we just turn that around? All you need to do is make the not doing feel worse than doing the thing. And this is actually how deadlines work, right? This is why as a deadline approaches, we do start doing the thing because there comes a point when, you know, missing the deadline starts to feel worse <laughs> than the pain of doing the thing. And for most humans, this is where accountability can be incredibly useful because we easily ignore promises we make to ourselves mostly, but we find it much harder to break a promise made to a friend, a client or co-worker. So you can, for example, ask a friend to hold you accountable. You can tell your boss or co-worker when exactly you're going to ship. Or you can use your social media followers as accountability partners. You can tell them what you're going to do, and that you're going to log off until it's done, for example. You can also remind yourself of the cost of your procrastination. 
if you don't do this thing, pay this bill, it could cost you a lot of money, for example. But be careful there. If you scare yourself too much, you may start to feel so bad that you want to run away and hide, which of course is counterproductive. So be kind and loving instead of a monster to your mind. And last but not least, you can use positive feelings as a lever by tapping into your why to motivate you. And I use this strategy all the time when I think creating content is too hard or too much work. I just constantly remind myself that there are so many smart humans all over the world whose suffering I can alleviate by helping them manage their mind. And then I feel much more motivated, empowered to move through all my insecurities and self-doubt. Yes, I am human too. (laughs) Okay, strategy number four is time management. And I will go into this at length in a future episode, but for now, suffice to say that scheduling and time boxing are great tools to avoid procrastination. If you don't time box your tasks, that in itself may cause discomfort to your brain. It hates uncertainty. And there's also Parkinson's Parkinson's law. Tasks will actually stretch out to fill up any time you allow for them. Right. So if you say I'm going to write an article today, you're not specific about how long it can take. It will take you all day, basically. So make sure that even when you don't know exactly how long something is going to take, time box it. Right. It's better to say I'm going to do this in two hours and maybe run 10 minutes over than say I'm going to do this today and then procrastinate for six hours and do it in two and a half hours. All right. And there's, again, lots of methods and apps to help you with that. The Pomodoro technique, all the things, find it on the internet. Now, strategy number five. This is one of my favorites. Gamification. You can turn boring or otherwise daunting tasks into challenges. And this has been a game changer for me because my smart ADHD brain gets bored very very quickly. So for a dull task with little payoff, I will need to find a way to make it attractive and engaging because if not, I simply will not do it. Here are some examples to inspire you, but I want you to use your own smart creative mind to craft ways that work really well for you. I love turning tasks into challenges, right? Like for example, can I do this much faster than usual? If something usually takes me, I don't know, two hours, can I do it in 30 minutes? Or can I do the washing up with my right hand? I'm like left-handed, right? Just do something crazy, silly, that at least will give my brain a new challenge. It's the same with with workouts, right? You need to change it up to keep going. Um, I love my rainbow power hula hoop, but I do have to change that up too, even though it's fun working out with the music. And I will decide to only hula hoop on one leg, for example, which for me is crazy hard. So that, again, makes it challenging and I will want to do it. I'll be interested again. You can also use boring or hard tasks to unlock rewards or more interesting challenges. Right. So you can reward yourself by maybe saying I can have a cup of tea after I finish this or I get to, you know, buy something if it's a big task or maybe just color in a square on you know a sheet of paper 
that can also release dopamine and it will feel incredible. And that way you can actually create a dopamine reward loop by repeating simple rewards after each small completion. Lots of ways to go about this. I may also go into this in more depth in a later episode, but have fun with this. Get creative. Use gamification. It's amazing. Strategy number six is using rules. And if you've listened to the episodes on decision making, you know that rules are decisions you make ahead of time. And they can save you a tremendous amount of energy and mental back and forth because you do not have to decide in the moment. Now, one of my personal rules is to publish a podcast every week. This is completely non-negotiable. I made it a rule that I can't and I won't break, which means even if I want to, there's only so long I can procrastinate on recording podcasts. Other, another rule I have is that I can't do anything that isn't on my to-do list for that day, which is a great way to curb my list, which in my case always tends to be way too long and on the optimistic side. So think about it. What are non-negotiable rules you want to decide on for yourself? And then decide on them and stick to them. Just make sure that they are non-negotiable. If there are rules you will easily break, they will only end up undermining your self-confidence, which is the last thing we want. Okay, we're almost there. <laughs> Strategy number seven is to reduce starting and finishing friction. And starting friction is real. You're not imagining it. It's like an invisible bump you have to overcome to get started on your task or project. So how can you reduce that bump? How can you make it as easy as possible to get going? Well, here are some examples. If you want to go running tomorrow, lay out your workout clothes tonight, right? The night before. You can make sure you're, you clear your desk at the end of the day so you have the perfect start the next morning. You can break your project up into the smallest possible steps so you can never be confused about or overwhelmed by what it is you need to do in the moment. You also want to think of all the possible obstacles you could encounter whilst working on a project and think of strategies to overcome them ahead of time, right? Because if you need to do it in a moment, you will just be so distracted and it'd be very hard to stay on track. And again, I talk about this at length on um, episodes 17 and 18 on goal setting. All right, so take a deep breath. <sighs> because we've just covered seven strategies to prevent or overcome procrastination. It's time for a quick recap. So in addition to looking at your environment and what you can do there, we have seven strategies. Task triage, compassionate self-talk, using your emotions as a lever, smart time management and time boxing, gamification, using rules and reducing starting and finishing friction. This gives you a massive toolbox to deal with your procrastination, especially if you combined it, combine it with, you know, the previous episode. Now... <laughs> maybe a bit overwhelmed. So here is a quick five-step process to help you not be overwhelmed by all these tools. Whenever the urge to procrastinate hits, you quickly run through these questions. One, am I extremely clear on what I need to do? If not, get clarity. 
two. Do I really want to get it done? If so, reconnect with your why. Can I sit with this feeling and do it anyway? If yes, do it. (laughs) Number four, are there any sucky saboteur thoughts running through my head? If so, clear them up. Number five, can I create a less procrastinogenic environment? Do it. Number six, can I gamify this? Do it. Number seven, get it done. And I've created a printable graphic for you with these seven steps, which you can download on my website, coachkramer.org. Print it, hang it above your desk and go do some amazing shit. You're welcome. Have an amazing week. Bye bye. smart human probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours and the first step is actually getting your bearings doing a little brain audit and I have the perfect tool for that the mapping your unique brain workbook and you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.